What's good, y'all? It's your man, Uncle Dub. And it's the Friday edition of the Sports Wagon Podcast. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. So we're going to talk a little MLB, some NWNBA, and of course, it's the first full week of college football. So we had a game, some games last night, game tonight. Of course, we're going to hit it hard on Saturday. Um, but before we get to that, and and I have a new segment today, so I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a moment. So first, uh, for Major League Baseball, um, acting Mets general manager Zach Scott was arrested for DWI on Tuesday morning. He was found asleep at the wheel of his SUV at a traffic light in White Plains, New York. He refused a breathalyzer. Um, he was coming from an, a fundraiser at the home of Mets owner Steve Cohen uh, at his home. Um, and if you if you've been following and I've talked about it here on this show, if you've been following the GM drama with the with the New York Mets, um, Scott became the GM after Jared Porter was fired. And remember, he was fired back in January for inappropriate text texts that he sent to a female reporter in 2016. So it was a long investigation. I think at that time, if you recall, he was with the Chicago Cubs as a either a scout or assistant GM or what have you. Um so a couple things with this. First of all, you know, I'm not going to try to equate sexual harassment with DWI. I mean, again, he's going to probably go to court, pay a fine. He'll do times or whatever. Um, I don't know if he's going to get fired. I haven't checked to see if he has been fired. But again, if you're the owner of the team and you're having his party, number one, why would you let your employee leave if they're obviously drunk? And then secondly, as the employee, why are you going to go to your boss's house and drink that much? I mean, come on, dude, a little self-control. I mean, sure, if your owner, if your team, if your boss has that much money and they're like, hey, open bar, I mean, you know, exercise a little restraint. I mean, it, it's going to say a whole lot about you if, you know, you're at your boss's house getting fucking sloshed. I mean, uh, sorry about that. I typically don't cuss on this podcast, but that was just that just that one slipped out. However, it's just, you know, come on, use, use a little common sense, dude. Um, the Mets are currently third in the NL East, and they are sixth in the wild card standing. So, I mean, they've kind of had a pretty up and down season. They've had injuries galore, and it's just affected uh, their performance. But again, um, unless something really crazy happens, uh, you know, no postseason for the Mets, considering they are sixth in the wild card standings. Unless they can up their uh, ante in the, in the in the NL East, I'll go through the standings briefly in just a second. Um, other news from Major League Baseball, Nationals Vice President Bob Boone resigns over the team's COVID vaccine policy. That policy states that non-uniform team personnel's, personnel must get vaccinated. Um, Boone has been a senior advisor to GM or his, his current role before he retired, resigned rather. He was a senior advisor to General Manager Mike Rizzo. He's been with the team since 2005. He is also the father of New York uh, Yankees manager Aaron Boone. And if you recall, Aaron Boone announced in March that he was vaccinated for COVID. Um, I, you know, Boone is 70. He's 70 something. I forget. But I mean, it kind of shows you a couple things. Just this whole um uh, divide that we've seen with vaccines, um, you know, whether it be age, whether it be race or whether it be uh, political affili- affiliation. I don't claim to know Bob Boone's political f- affiliation or his political views, but based upon this, 
mm, I'm kind of going to make some assumptions here. So you kind of know where I'm going. I'm not going to say it. But I mean, again, it's really sad that we are at a time where vaccines and saving lives and wanting to protect yourself from a deadly virus has become a political statement. It's sad. I mean, my whole thing is that, you know, the, the common argument is, well, if you get vaccine, if you get vaccinated, you can still get it. OK, but why would you want to get it, period, vaccinated or not? Because we know what it can, what it can do if you're not vaccinated. But the problem here is if you get it, what we don't know is the long term effects of this vi- of this virus. So we've got people who are saying they're taking um drugs to help them remember like they're taking anti-alzheimer's drugs um you know there's just you know people are having problems with their vision people are just having such a myriad of effects uh from this virus so the question is why would you want to get it although you can argue all day long that oh it's you know what's the big deal i won't die from it yeah you could die from it i mean there's a i was a one in five chance either way that you'll live or you'll die but if you live and you survive it, you, that, that survival is only beginning. So, again, you know, it's just kind of wild that, you know, people are, you know, I mean, Bob Boone, he, he could probably just go live happily ever after, you know. But you got everyday people who are telling their jobs to stick it somewhere when their job tells them that they have to get vaccinated. And I just for the life of me, don't 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 understand it. But I guess it's just not for me to understand. Um, currently, your Major League Baseball standings currently leading AL East, Tampa Bay, leading the Central Division, the Chicago White Sox, leading the Western Division of the of the American League are the Houston Astros. Your current wild card teams, your Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. And the NL East, leading the NL East, the Atlanta Braves. The Central are the Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Now, the West, currently, the Dodgers and San Francisco are currently tied, which means the wild card is a three-way log jam at the top of the wild card. So the top two teams, as we know, will go to the playoffs. San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Cincinnati. So however this goes, you know, uh, one of those teams, the Dodgers and San Francisco, will represent the west but then of course depending on what happens with this with the wild card again cincinnati has some baseball to play to potentially play themselves into this into this thing or it'll be either la or san francisco will interchange one will win the division and one will i'm sorry it'll be two teams so if uh the dodgers win it'll be san francisco and cincinnati more likely uh with the wild card all right uh let's look at the WNBA um games from thursday night so we had Four games. Um, first game, uh, the Wings 72, Dallas Wings 72, um, 68 over the Atlanta Dream. Alicia Gray, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Arike Ogumbawale, 17 points, hit game winning at game ceiling free throws. Uh, Courtney Williams at 25 points for Atlanta. Um, the Minnesota Lynx beat the LA Sparks 66 57. Kayla McBride, 17 points. Sylvia Fowles, 15 points, 17 rebounds. And Erica Wheeler and Neka Ogumake, 17 points each for Los Angeles. Um, the Las Vegas Aces beat the Chicago Sky 90 83. So 21 points for Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson. Asia Wilson also chipped in with 10 rebounds. And Raquina Williams each had 21 points to lead the Aces. Candace Parker, 
uh, 30 points, 14 rebounds for the Chicago Sky. Uh, let's see. Liberty and Storm. The Seattle Storm beat the Liberty by 10, 85, 75. Brianna Stewart, 33 points. Sabrina Ionescu with 24, the Liberty. Current standings in WNBA. So your top seed currently is Connecticut. Second seed, Las Vegas. Third seed, Seattle. Fourth seed, Minnesota. And fifth seed, Phoenix. These five teams have already clinched their playoff spots. So two clinch currently. Chicago at six, Dallas at seven, and Washington at eight. So it's the last three teams to clinch. And then we'll have our WNBA playoffs set and ready to go. All right. Um, we're going to go over to college football now. So it's time to talk a little college football. So first games from last night. Uh, number 22, Coastal Carolina beat Citadel 52-14. to I saw the score. That game was pretty much over at halftime. I mean, you know, Coastal, they are, as we said from last season, they had a really great season. I think they finished top 15, if I recall, top 15, top 10. Coming back as number 22 team. So, again, they start off the season with a big win against Citadel. Uh, number 24, Utah uh, beats Weber State 40-17. to um, Weber State returned that kickoff 99 yards during the game. So, uh, some excitement in that game for the Weber State crowd. Um, Arizona State 41, Southern Utah 14. So, Arizona State's ranked 25th currently. And the one... Uh, top five ranked team uh, in action last night. Ohio State beat Minnesota 45 to 31. So Minnesota led this game at the half. Second half was all Ohio State. Quarterback C.J. Stroud for Ohio State, 13 of 22, 294 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. The interception, one thing about Stroud that was kind of hurting him a little bit, he was throwing either overthrowing or throwing behind. So in this particular case, he threw behind uh, Chris Olave, their uh, uh, their uh, their star wide receiver. Olave got a hand on it. It tipped in the air. It was intercepted by Minnesota, and they returned it, and that allowed Minnesota to get back into the game. Um, Olave, four receptions, 117, and two touchdowns for him in that game. All right, so as you know, we have one game tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. So I I already did my pick for that. That's North Carolina at Virginia Tech on Saturday. So we've got five games I'm going to pick here. Again, there's a whole slate of games, as you know, as with any Saturday. So you got to, you know, kind of pick your poison as to which game you're going to focus on or you're going to have all your TVs and devices focus on every game however you tend to watch I'm going to try to catch a few of these games because I know I'm still going to be busy doing stuff I should have been sort of finished already but uh, let's start in the Big Ten noon on Fox Penn State ranked number 19th in the country they visit Camp Randall and number 12 Wisconsin who are four and a half point favorites this one was a hard one to pick um, I'm still a little iffy on who I'm going to pick in this game, but I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to take Penn State in this one. Um, the key for this one, I think, is Sean Clifford going to make that next leap? Is he going to make that next leap at, in his progression as a quarterback? It's going to be interesting to see how he how he does uh, against Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Um, 
3.30 on ABC, number one Alabama, who are 18.5-point favorites, take on number 14 Miami from the ACC in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game that's in Atlanta. Again, I'm going to take Bama in this one, although Miami with De'Eric King. Here's a guy that he's going to frighten the Alabama defense a little bit. This guy, he can throw, he can run, he can do it all. So De'Eric King gets to not just frighten Alabama's defense, but he gets to frighten the ACC defenses again for another season. But I'm going to take Alabama in this one. Um, I, I really don't think this is going to be a blowout. I mean, they're saying 18 and a half. I mean, it might be about that or a little less. I, I don't see a blowout in this game. Um, but I think Miami's going to make it interesting. Um, they're really going to, you know, on the defensive side of the balls where Miami, as we know, make their hay with the turnover chain. So I think they'll kind of do some things to try to uh, kind of get Alabama out of their out of their rhythm. Um, in the Big Ten, number 17, Indiana goes to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. The Iowa Hawkeyes were three-and-a-half-point favorites. That's uh, on the Big Ten Network at 330. Um, Indiana, another team that had a breakout season last year. Their head coach, Tom Allen, got a big contract extension. They're looking like a team on the rise. So kind of one of those teams I talked about, you know, who's going to be a team per conference and maybe a team nationally that could make a statement this year. I'm taking Indiana in this one. I was a three and a half point favorite, but I'm going to take Indiana here in this game. Um, let's see. 730 ABC, the primetime game, the Dukes Mayo Classic from Charlotte Bank of America Stadium. Number five, Georgia at number three, Clemson. Clemson are three point favorites. So I'm listening to uh, ESPNU the other day and uh, a couple of guys were talking and um, I think they were interviewing. I forget the uh, I think Barrett Salee shout out Barrett Salee. So I believe he was saying that he thinks Georgia can be Clemson and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to explain it because he was just trying to push past that. He wasn't trying to talk about it. Um, I, I, I kind of go back on my statement from last time in, in the last show. I said, you know, when George is in the spotlight, they tend to do what they do. They play good football, but they don't quite finish the deal when they're outside the spotlight. They come up and surprise you. I think Clemson wins this one. It's going to be a close one. But what's going to be interesting is what happens on on the front lines in each game so i'm sorry on each team rather so the offensive line of georgia versus the defensive line of uh, clemson if georgia can get it going with the run game it's going to be kind of an interesting game for clemson but again clemson has a really experienced defensive line i think former clemson player and uh, ACC network analyst eric mclean said he thinks this is the best defensive line clemson has ever had if Eric McLean is saying that, then that's saying something. So, again, can Georgia, um, can they push harder up front to get their run game going? If they can, it's going to be a tough night for Clemson. If they can't, then it's going to be quarterback play. Okay. JT Daniels for Georgia and DJ. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to say his name. I've been practicing it all week. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um, It's. Oh, gosh. Anyway, I'm not going to try it. Anyway, um, I have to go back and practice it again. I, I swear I've been practicing it. And then I'm ready to say I'm going, OK, I really do not want to butcher this. So I'm not going to go. Anyway, that's what I think. But I think Clemson. Three-point favorites, I got Clemson close in this one. On Sunday, let's go and do the Sunday game. Sunday game, uh, number nine, Notre Dame, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, they visit Florida State, 7-3 in ABC. I got Notre Dame. Um, again, I think they might be at seven-and-a-half, a little bit more than seven-and-a-half, but I got Notre Dame winning this game. 
uh, on Sunday, and there might be a Monday night game. Oh, there is a Monday night game. It's another either it's another kickoff game. It's another Chick Fil A kickoff game. I believe that is Louisville, and uh, I can't escape me. Louisville's playing that game. But um, that's my week one picks. I got six picks for this week. I'll tell you how I did next week when I pick week two. Already I'm looking at my week two notes and I got one, two, three, four. I got about one, two, three, four. I got about five games for week two. So some good ones next week. So some rivalry games. I'm excited about that. All right. Um, lastly, I um, want to do a new segment, quick new segment here. Um, this is going to be a Friday thing called Dubs and L. So wins and losses. So who are some winners this week? Who are some losers? Um, let's start with the dub. The dub this week goes to uh, professional tennis player Victoria Azarenka. And she made a statement in one of her press conferences, post-match press conferences, where she asked, why in the world do we ask, if I recall, I want to make sure I get the statement right. I believe she asked, why are we asking the players not to be vaccinated but the fans to be vaccinated so in essence she's trying to understand why is there a uh, just an imbalance in what we're asking for my whole thing is this we're talking about the u.s open one of you know one of our four majors it's always big i mean we remember how it was last year where there were no fans now fans are coming back but we're doing all these things. We're playing football again. Baseball has been playing. Um, you know, college basketball is going to start up soon. We're doing all these things with Delta variant out there. The vaccine's available. And now I've been hearing rumblings about there's another variant that could be more dangerous because because of its changes, it could potentially duck the vaccine's effects. So if we are talking about getting a lot of people together in one space and if we still have this disconnect of people who want to get vaccinated versus people who don't want to get vaccinated then why aren't more public entities more entities that have a lot of people that have people interfacing with a large amount of the public why aren't they demanding vaccination of everyone associated with their their thing you know what i'm saying so i know that's going to be politically messy but my whole thing is there has to be some incentive somewhere because somebody has to look up and say you know i want to be a part of this thing if i want to be a part of this thing then i have to get vaccinated and for some that might work we know there's a a, a large uh, population people that aren't going to be with it and what are you going to do I mean you know if you are a uh, if you run a if you run a college athletics department and you say here's now college athletics is a little different because typically if it's a state institution then they have to abide by the state and what the states are doing what the state regulations are and as we know there are some states that are openly defiant and are passing laws to be openly defiant against wearing masks and being vaccinated and that sort of thing. But if you're not going that far, then why wouldn't you say, listen, we want everyone here to enjoy the game and we want everyone here to be protected or we want people to be associated with this thing. But we ask that you do what you can to protect yourself. 
look, if you don't want to get vaccinated, wear a mask. How hard is that? It's a mask. Sure. If you're outdoors, it might be a little uncomfortable. But listen, do you want to get sick? I just finished talking about, okay, no one wants to get COVID. Even if you're vaccinated, you don't want to get it. It's still going to have an effect on you even after you get over it and you're vaccinated. Or if you get it and you're not vaccinated and you happen to recover, it's still going to have the long term effect on you. You don't know what it is. So I think this is a, a, a very interesting question, a very good question. I think it's 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 a question that more people need to ask because it's a little bit disconcerting that we have people who, you know, just don't care. And, and I think that's where we are in America. We just have a lot of people that don't care about the just just the, the, the out, just the well-being of others, you know. So thank you to Victoria Azarenka for that statement and kind of bringing up some questions for people and some things to think about. And it's interesting that this comes in a um, uh, a post game press conference where, you know, as I in, in one of my previous episodes where I talked with my friend Roger Chesley, it's like, you know, <laughs> in game interviews, you get nothing post game interviews. I mean, how much information? I mean, sometimes post game interviews can be informative, but most times, you know, some some of these journalists unfortunately are asking really dumb questions and some of them are asking really insightful questions or someone asks an insightful question and someone t- piggybacks on it to ask something that's kind of weird and insightful not as insightful kind of weird so i mean I, I don't know it's it's post game post game or post match interviews are just getting weird and somebody has to kind of do a better job at these things all right this week's l goes to golf so we're looking at the brooks kepka bryson dechambeau feud so if you're not familiar with this again i talked about a tennis player behaving badly uh, last last show now i'm talking about two golfers i won't say behaving badly but the big thing with their feud, and there's a long story with their feud. Um, I'm not going to really try to rehash it, but my L goes more so to not so much them behaving badly, but them behaving badly is making the fans behave badly. So last week um, at, a, at a tour event, um, Bryson DeChambeau um, lost a playoff, like an eight-hole playoff to uh, Patrick Cantlay. And while he was walking up a fairway, um, or I think he was walking between fairways, a fan screamed at him, Brooksy, and runs away. And DeChambeau went at the guy. He's screaming, yelling, hollering. He's calling for security. And much like in the NBA, when we had that rash of fans acting bad, it seems as if what's considered a gentlemanly sport quote unquote, is becoming less gentlemanly, but it's becoming less gentlemanly from a fan standpoint. Sure, these two guys are are going at each other. They go at each other on social media. They may go at each other kind of not, you know, they're not putting hands on each other on the course, but they're giving each other looks and stuff like that. But it's making fans choose sides and then fans choose sides and then they act terrible. So the bottom line here is it's like, why would you taunt a guy and DeChambeau's no small guy. I mean, he's, he's a pretty big guy. He used to, you know, he lost some weight, but he's still a big guy and he walks around with a bag of sticks. Why would you poke a bear? Why would you want to taunt a guy who has a bag of sticks? 
Not to say he go after you, but why would you do that anyway? That makes no sense to me. But it basically gets us to the point. Why are fans behaving badly? And I think the PGA, I think, made the right call. They said, you know, fans that engage in this behavior will be asked to leave. They'll be ejected, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, there's this perception, you know, golf fans, they stand and they clap and they – but. I feel like golf behavior from the fans has kind of ramped up over the years. You know, the years where Tiger Woods would tee off and people would scream, you the man, that sort of thing. You know, the rowdy behavior. It's kind of made its way into golf. And it's and it's not so bad because, I mean, it kind of makes the, the galleries a little bit more interesting. But there is still decorum. You can't make noise while they're trying to tee off or trying to make a shot. You know, you have to obey the rules in that regard. But when you cross the line as a fan, I think that is unacceptable. That is very unacceptable. And I think this feud has really shown how fan behavior continues to take another leap in the in the negative direction. So um, my L this week goes to that feud. So first of all, I just kind of hope that the fans get the message that doesn't matter whose side you're on. You can't poke the bear. You can't go to Brooks Kepka and say something. You can't go to Bryson DeChambeau and say something. Keep the comments to yourself or take it to social media like most of you cowards do. But stop doing that crap on the course because, again, if you do it, you get caught. Guess what? You're getting kicked out, and you should get kicked out for being an idiot. All right. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is my time. That was a quick show. Um, had a couple things for you guys. Um, damn, I usually do the weekend setup, but um, you know what the deal is this weekend. College football, U.S. Open, so U.S. Open is going to enter week two next week. So next week we'll kind of have a better, by, by the end of the weekend, we'll have a better look at who's going to be possibly contending for the U.S. Open title, men's and women's, as we end, end the tennis season officially. Um, and then I think next week NFL starts, so we'll you know kind of start looking at the NFL next week. Um, and then, of course, kind of start uh, setting the table for week two in college football. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening. Um, hope you have a great weekend. Um, I think I'm going to finally get my weekends back. Probably Sunday, I'll actually be home in my new home because I'm sick of being in my old home trying to get all the crap out of here and cleaning this and cleaning that. Um, and then, and then I'll get back on the golf course. I haven't played golf in three weeks and I'm really feeling some kind of way. Like I got to get out on the course, uh, because this weather is beautiful. Enjoy the weather. Um, if you are in new Orleans, Philadelphia, wherever you are, I, you know, uh, my, my thoughts are with you. You know, we just hope that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're safe or you're getting assistance because, you know, this, you know, climate change is real people. I mean, we have to stop acting like this thing is just some figment of our imagination and Al Gore sitting somewhere looking at all us like told you, <laughs> but, um, again, um, all my, all my, you know, po great positive thoughts to everyone. Um, and we're hoping that things will improve and get better, uh, as soon as they possibly can. All right. Until then, uh, continue to protect yourself, wear your mask, um, get vaccinated. You know, plenty of information out there about that. Get vaccinated, um, drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B, sportswagonpodcast at gmail.com. Email me comments about the show. 
Um, and I'll talk to you guys, I believe, on Monday. I'm hoping Monday, Tuesday, we'll be back at you. Peace.